broadcast to bring you this important bulletin from the United Press. Flash, Washington. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. The German news agency... We interrupt this program to bring you a news bulletin from Washington. The White House has just announced... Here is a news bulletin. Shots have reportedly been fired. Here's another late development, and this news keeps coming in. This is an NBC News hotline report. Special report. Verdict sparks violence. National Guard... testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Can your heart stand the shocking facts of the true story of Joshua P. Warren? From the land of the sky and to high strangers around the globe, this is Speaking of Strange with Joshua P. Warren. And the world is becoming more and more insane every day. Welcome to the program that gives you breaking news and insight regarding the paranormal and downright weird. Where the unusual becomes usual. And we don't just discuss it. We go in the field to investigate. Hey, here's a story that you may not have heard. You know how when you go to Google to do a search, there's a little microphone icon off to the right? It's usually there. Maybe you've never even noticed it. That's a voice recognition button. And whether you're using a a laptop or or a computer with a microphone or your cell phone, uh, if you hit that button, then you can just speak and Google is able to hear your words and uh, understand them and search so you don't have to type. Well, it has now been confirmed. Uh, Google, for a while now, has been downloading what they call a black box of code into uh, computers through its open source Chrome. And this code is capable of switching on the microphone so that the Google program can listen to your room and understand what is being said. Uh, Google says that they actually silently introduced a switch that allows you to opt out. However, uh, given the fact the entire code was downloaded surreptitiously without the knowledge of users, most users do not know they are hosting this stealth listening module in their system and that their rooms have effectively been wiretapped. Thus, they are not aware of the need to opt out to protect 
their privacy. Obviously, this is all blowing up right now. It's even creepier because it's just one thing when you have something like a recording device that's sitting there in your room. It's another thing when it's not just a device but a, a software program that, again, understands what you're saying. It's voice recognition. So we'll see just how this plays out. And, you know, consider this. We know what happens when these things exist. You may, Even if you trust Google, uh, well, what about hackers that can very easily tap into that and use it to, uh, to get a transcript of what you're talking about? So, you know, we are very well aware of how overwhelming this problem of uh, so-called domestic government spying has become. But, uh, boy, it sure does look like our own private corporations have made it very easy for them, doesn't it? Well, we're going to talk about all kinds of strange and interesting things tonight. That's what we do on this program. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, author of books like Haunted Asheville, How to Hunt Ghosts, and The Secret Wisdom of Kukul Khan. I'm founder and president of Lemur Paranormal Investigations. My producer and engineer is Sam the Animal Steel. Sam, I would hate to see some of the transcripts they have from inside your house. It would be chilling, wouldn't it? Oh, sweet Pete. You know, uh, I've often seen people have uh, tape over their webcams, mm -hmm. you know, because they're afraid that somebody's going to turn on their webcams and see all the bad yeah. things that they do in front of the computer. I, I quit doing that a long time ago. I'm a, yeah. It helps to be an exhibitionist, I suppose. Uh, you know, I have done that in the past. I have put a little piece of paper or something over a webcam, uh, and sometimes I just use my computer in the dark. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that probably doesn't make a difference either, though, with all this night vision technology. How about you, Investigator Shelley Wright of Wright's Coin Shop? How do you feel when you know that that little device sitting next to you is capable of eavesdropping at any time? I don't like it. It pisses me off. And if I had somebody yeah. I could hit right now from Google, I'd do it. That's just not right. Actually, I've got another story that I'll get to here in a bit um, that uh, is it's along these lines. Uh, even more uh, amazing software capability that allows your phone to spy on you in a way that had never even occurred to me before. I doubt you guys have heard of this one. This is a new one. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, this idea that technology that is inserted there for your convenience is, uh, is protected. It's only going to be used by the good guys. Uh, that is one of the, the biggest misconceptions out there because we know that we are surrounded by evil people. There's no two ways about it. People who will, will take whatever advantage they can to tap in to, to your resources and take them, uh, even if that means killing you. And I, I hate to say something that sounds so dark and negative, but I've got to set the tone for the show tonight because, boy, do I have an interesting program for all of you. This is one of those shows where you should call the neighbors, call the family, tell them to turn on the radio and listen to what I have planned for us tonight. I'll give you a bit of backstory here. Uh, you may or may not know that the man who is considered America's first real serial killer and perhaps uh, America's worst serial killer, 
was a man named H. H. Holmes. H. H. Holmes was born in 1861, and he was hanged in 1896. It is believed that he killed over 200 people. Uh, he confessed to 27 murders, and he was a really smart guy. He was a doctor. Uh, he was a surgeon. He was, uh, you know, an upper-class guy, it seemed. I mean, always very well-dressed, hanging out in elite social circles. Nobody suspected that this well-spoken guy, who was very well-liked by the ladies, was a serial killer. One of those types. And the thing that shows just how diabolical he was is that his sort of uh, masterpiece of horror was what we call the murder castle. He actually built a giant hotel in downtown Chicago in 1893 just for the World's Fair that was going to take place there. And since he built this hotel, he built it from the ground up, inserting dungeons and secret chambers and gas chambers. And, I mean, just constructed an absolute masterpiece of serial killing, horror, and torture. And he would get these, um, these strangers who had just come in from out of town, um, who were not really connected to anybody who could vouch for them, and, and their whereabouts, and he would entice them into his hotel. He called it the World's Fair Hotel, and he would get them in there and kill them in a number of ways and uh, do all manner of unspeakable things. As a matter of fact, since he was a doctor, some of these bodies ended up being um, turned into cadavers and sold to medical schools so that students could uh, could use them. They had no idea that he had such a... A plentiful supply of cadavers all the time for a very nefarious reason. So uh, his story is, is truly remarkable. And uh, for the longest time, uh, the memory of H. H. Holmes sort of died out. But the, more and more people are looking back and, and realizing what a, what a role he played in our history. Well, his, uh, we call him H. H. Holmes because he went by the name of Dr. Henry Howard Holmes. But that was not his real name. Uh, his real name was Herman Webster Mudgett. Last name is M-U-D-G-E-T-T. -T. Well, listen to this. Last year, I was a, a speaker at the Parahistory Con in upstate New York. And uh, I had dinner with some of the other speakers and ended up sitting right beside a man named Jeff Mudgett. And I said, your name rings a bell. And uh, we started talking. And uh, he explained to me that he is the great-great-grandson of H.H. H. Holmes. Now, of course, there are people who might run around and make that kind of a claim just because they think it sounds interesting. But, no, he's proven it. Uh, he's got all the records. There's no doubt about it. This is the direct descendant of H.H. H. Holmes. He didn't even know that until he was 40 years old because it was a family secret. His family was ashamed of it for obvious reasons. Um, once he learned that his grandfather was H. H. Holmes, he started doing a lot of research, especially regarding private things that, that were kept within the family. And what he learned led him to the shocking conclusion that at one um, point in his life, Dr. H. H. Holmes, the American surgeon, 
visited London. And during that period of time, the Jack the Ripper murders occurred. And he believes that his grandfather was Jack the Ripper, that H.H. H. Holmes, the American serial killer, was in fact Jack the Ripper. And that sounds so unbelievable at first, but just wait, just wait till you hear the case that he makes for this. He has written a whole book about it. It's called Bloodstains. And tonight on hour number two of this program, Jeff Mudgett, the grandson, the great-great-grandson of H.H. H. Holmes, is going to come on this program. He's going to tell us what it was like to learn that. He's also going to tell you about some of the, the times that he has wondered and, and, frankly, feared whether he may have some of that serial killer gene um, that could, could rear its ugly head in, in him. Uh, and, and, and he'll take us on this intellectual journey regarding his discovery that his, his grandfather was Jack the Ripper. Uh, how, how interesting does that sound tonight, guys? <laughs> Very much so. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So uh, that and so much more, it is time for us to take our first break, though. Uh, when we come back, I do want to tell you about this other story related to smartphones spying on you. And I've got some audio I want to play for you. It's always fun when new audio comes out. There's some audio of sounds, what many call music, being produced by the planets. I'm Joshua P. Warren. This is the program where we dig into the amazing, the remarkable, the extraordinary, the downright weird, keeping you company tonight. I'm glad you've decided to spend your evening with us. The show's brought to you by Wright's Coin Shop. It's called Speaking of Strange. Shiny 
was shot in Asheville, North Carolina. It's a crash test dummy song. And I could have sworn after I watched this video. And Sam, were you watching the video? Uh, no, I had uh, pulled it up as an audio file. Oh, okay. Well, in the video, they show the guy who's singing this. He kind of reminds me of Wolverine a little bit. Hugh Jackman? Kind of... <laughs> yeah. Well, the char- more like the character of Wolverine. He doesn't really look like Hugh Jackman. He just kind of looks like, you know... Kind of maybe a little stocky guy with big sideburns, <laughs> and uh, I uh, I swear I've seen that guy around Asheville. Uh, on a on an unrelated sidebar that used to be my Wi-Fi um, network name was Huge Ackman, <laughs> <laughs> as in I have of a course. huge Ackman. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Speaking of Strange, my friends. My name is Joshua P. Warren, and uh, hey, listen, if you are online. And, hey, you probably are, even if you don't know it. Uh, go to speakingofstrange.com, and you'll find a live chat during the show. You'll find links to uh, strange news and more topics discussed on the show. You'll find a link to Wright's Coin Shop. And you know what? It's that time of year. The weather is perfecto. It's time for you to get out and enjoy it while you can. Take a haunted Asheville ghost tour. I mean, you should see the five-star reviews on TripAdvisor, hundreds of them. We are the oldest, the original, the best. Uh, Go to hauntedashville.com, learn about our ghost tours, and yes, for now, we still have some ghost hunts available, and if you take a ghost hunt, you can even rent some third-generation night vision goggles. So all that stuff is at speakingofstrange.com. Um. Let's get back to some of the the news I was talking about. Uh, Of course, I opened the show with this story that many find disturbing about how the, you know, Google's voice recognition software can just listen to you and pretty much transcribe the conversations in your room anytime. Well, here's one I'd never heard about this concept before. Uh, Very similar, though. Okay, this is about your cell phone, your smartphone. They say... In ways you cannot imagine, your smartphone can spy on you. Now, now listen to this, guys. It says your phone has a little thing inside of it called a tilt sensor. So it uh, obviously, when you tilt your phone different, different directions, different planes, different ways, it knows that, right? It switches the screen around. No biggie there. No new news. But it says your phone's tilt sensor can sense what you're typing on your computer. It says if you work, say, a desk job, chances are you keep your smartphone handy on your desk while you're working. And why not? If you get a call, it's hard to pull it out quickly. So people keep it right there next to the keyboard. Uh, They say that there is, however, this little, uh, uh, little program inside your innocent-looking smartphone that sits there and it is capable of spying on every keystroke, passwords, email messages, whatever your little nasty chats may be. Your phone could be eavesdropping on all of it, and that's because as you sit there clacking away on the keyboard, the phone's tilt sensor and accelerometer 
can pick up the tiny impacts resounding through your desk and based on the distance of the keys from the phone, mathematically deduce which keys you're stroking. Okay? Uh, wow. Did that, did that make sense first off, guys? Did you get that? Sam Shelley. Yeah, it's creepy. I got it. I, I don't see exactly how it's picking up, uh, you know, audio of a different keyboard. I can see how it uh, would use the keyboard in the phone or any one that you might have installed, you know, for predictive texting purposes and whatnot to learn. Uh, that's how, you know, like when you have a predictive text program, it can sometimes you can write an entire sentence just by hitting one letter. You know, and you just keep hitting it knows what the next word you're going to write is, which is kind of weird. But as far as picking up audio, that's pretty wild. No, I don't think it's picking up audio. It's just picking up the um, pretty much the, the resonance, the tiny impacts, huh. you know, the, 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 like the vibration. So when you hit a key, there's a, just a minute vibration, and that phone's accelerometer is sensitive enough to pick that up and then quickly deduce the entire keyboard, and at that point, it can, it, there's literally a vibration assigned to each key. And it says here, um, going on with this concept, a Big Brother can even use your phone to spy on you in 3D. This is being compared to the actual Dark Knight device from, Bat, from the uh, Batman movie, one that generates a complete 3D image of the inside of any building. Uh, disguised as a harmless camera app, uh, this software program called Place Raider secretly snaps random pictures as you go about your day, and the pictures are then shipped off to a central server to be analyzed and compiled into a detailed model of your home, office, terrorist stronghold. So they say it's kind of like a scene in Iron Man 3 where Tony Stark uses a bunch of images from a suicide bombing to recreate a 3D view of the crime scene. So, okay, let's say that um, the, the government has been watching you, and at some point, you know, when, the, when they've got enough information, enough intel, the SWAT team's going to kick in your door or whatever, and they're going to come in and take you. But they need to know the layout of your house. So uh, they could go into your phone and uh, just have that thing snapping off pictures uh, or, I guess, maybe even shooting video for months in advance uh, until, you know, a given enough time, enough circumstance. Uh, all the surfaces inside your home uh, have been videotaped or photographed, and then they, they assemble that all into a 3D model. Amazing, isn't it? Ridiculous. This can't possibly be legal. <laughs> it can't possibly, and well, you know, well, I mean, it, it's it's bad enough that it's you know regular everyday people that this is happening to, but it's also happening to you know your people in government. You know, they're in these high level top secret meetings, and they think they're you know texting in private or doing whatever, and and all of this information is being listened to or watched or compiled. That's scary. I mean, what do you do about it? I mean, do you just assume that, uh, you know, it's going to happen, there's nothing you can do about it? Do you try to safeguard, 
you know, you put, you know, the best firewalls and, you know, security measures you can, or just, you know, realize that no matter what you do, somebody's going to be five steps ahead of you. And You know what I do, Sam? What do you do, Joshua? I behave. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, Somewhere they have know, a detailed 3D model of, of your groin. Strips down <laughs> and he does a little dance in front of his phone. I don't even want to know what you're wearing right now, but I guarantee you it's not behave wear. Yeah. You know, before we go to this break, Sam, you know throughout my life, my list of accomplishments <laughs> is so vast. He named a soda. To try to try to summarize it is futile. Futile. And yet, yes, and and yet even now, yes, I sent you guys a picture before showtime. I saw that. I now have I have crossed into a new arena of immortality. Well done, Mr. Is, Warren. Well right done. down the road from me here in Bocaron in Puerto Rico, there is an upscale restaurant bar called Sanabias. And from time to time, you'll find me in there enjoying myself. And Mr. Sanabia asked me to test a drink that he had invented. And I tested it. And he said, I need a name for this. And when we come back from this break, I will tell you the name that I gave him. And then I will tell you what happened next. How my name of this drink will resonate through bars around the world forevermore. Um, and and we're going to let you hear the music of the planets. We're going to play some actual audio for you when we come back. I'm Joshua P. Warren. This is Speaking of Strange.
Broadcasting from the heart of the Blue Ridge Mountains and hosting from the center of the Bermuda Triangle, Puerto Rico, hitchhiking the E.T. Highway. I'm Joshua P. Warren, the Wizard of Weird, and this is Speaking of Strange. Welcome back to the program, and uh, hey, uh, listen now, everybody, don't forget, <laughs> it's going to be here in no time. Sunday, July the 19th is my big wishing machine extravaganza in Asheville, North Carolina. It is an eight-hour event. We're going to have a wishing machine workshop in the historic theater of the Asheville Masonic Temple. And then we're going to have a private cocktail party and then a haunted Asheville ghost tour and then a special session in my museum, the Asheville Mystery Museum. Uh, It's going to be one of the best days of your life. Come hang out with me, with Shelly, with Sam, with a lot of really cool people, VIPs from all over the United States and possibly some even some other countries. Uh, go to speakingofstrange.com for a link to the event, speakingofstrange.com. And while you're there, you'll also find a link to the sponsor of tonight's program, Wright's Coin Shop. That's right. It's Miss Shelly Wright's family, Wright's Coin Shop. And for those of you who want to call them, Write their number down, 828-298-5402, 828-298-5402. Maybe, maybe I can name name a coin, a special coin. I'm on a naming roll now. (laughs) I'm naming products for people. I'm spreading. It's my intellectual family tree I'm spreading around now. Uh, you see, here's what happened again. Uh, right down the street from where I am here in Boca Rum, there's an upscale uh, restaurant bar called Sanabia's. And Mr. Sanabia, who owns the place, this guy takes food and drink more seriously than anybody I've ever met. He went to school, became a mixologist. He, he He's one of these people who actually goes out and competes and culinary contest and if you don't know that this already uh, here in puerto rico they have a a cosmopolitan culinary scene um they have big food festivals and people come from all over the world so anyway i was in sanabia's recently with a couple of friends c eric scott was down here from washington dc my friend rafael was with me we're sitting at the bar in sanabia he says guys because we've been there you know drinking and carrying on for a little while he says guys I've invented a new drink, and he said, I, I want to start marketing this thing heavily. He says, I think it can go worldwide. He says, I've already been talking to Bacardi and some of their representatives, and they like this drink. We just don't have a name for it. And uh, he said, do you want to try it out and see if you can help me out with a name? We're like, Pfft. I say, look, dude, I was born for this. <laughs> so he pours each of us. Uh, not a big, uh, probably like, uh, uh, what, what do they call these, the shorter glasses? And what is, 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 that, is uh, that a Tom Collins? A jigger? No, no. I think it's like Collins or something like that. It's, it's one of the shorter, you know, liquor glasses. Um, I just call a, a, it ro- a... a rocks glass. Oh, okay. So he pours one of these glasses, and uh, we didn't see him make it, though. So he drank it, and right off the bat... We all had the same reaction. Reaction number one was, whoa, this is really, really good, very tropical. And number two, boy, I can tell this will put your you-know-what in the dirt real fast, 
right? And uh, and I can also tell this is one of those drinks that would be very very popular on ladies' night out, right? So he says, well, here's what's in it. He said Bacardi, which of course is uh, a Puerto Rican company. He says Bacardi has eight flavored rums, and he says this is a perfect blend of all eight of the Bacardi flavored rums. It's apparently nothing but straight liquor, straight rum. But it's blended with just just perfectly. It's not equal parts. It's, that, that's his secret. I don't know how he's pulled this off. He goes, I have no idea. So we've gone on down this long list, and we can't figure out what to call it. And the very first thing that popped into my mind, I looked up on the shelf. I see all these flavored Bacardis, and they have different colored labels. And I said, how about Spectrum? And I could see his eyes light up a little bit, and he goes, huh, interesting. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're using the whole spectrum of Bacardi rums. Now, and, and it's, it, there are seven colors in the visible spectrum, like the rainbow. There are eight Bacardi flavors. That's pretty close. So everybody else gave their suggestions, and some of them were pretty funny. We were actually laughing and pretty hard. And then um, next time I was in there, he goes, well, we're still working on it. We're still working on it. And then, like, a couple days ago, I'm driving down the road. I drive by Sanabia's. There's a big banner. The Spectrum. And it said, you know, eight Bacardi liquors, uh, happy hour on Saturdays, 20-ounce pour, $5. I mean, I sent you guys a picture of it. And so uh, I haven't even been back over there yet. I'm going to go over there probably after the show tonight. And uh, I'm going to go have a Spectrum. So I have officially named a drink that may go worldwide. What do you think? How cool is that? Very cool. I, I think you're probably going to be going over there and being like, where is my name or my cut? Where's, where's my cut? <laughs> I'll send my people over there. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's jump to this audio that I want to play for you guys. Let me tell you about this first. Uh, I've, I've always been really interested in a field of study called cymatics. And uh, cymatics is about how that vibrations uh, give forms, give molds to which physical matter will adhere. So the the most basic example would be if you take something like an audio speaker and uh, you put it under a table and sprinkle sand all over that table. When you play certain tones, that sand will snap into patterns. Or you can take a sort of semi-liquid solution like cornstarch and water and put it over top of a speaker and play it, and you can you can create all these really cool-looking patterns. And what it proves is that you can create an invisible energy mold out of vibration, and that physical matter will adhere to it. And I think that's the real key to how everything works in life. Uh, it starts with the, the energy mold, and then once you create that mold, you want that physical matter to fall into it, and that's sort of how you manifest things. But that study is called cymatics. And so whenever you hear these vibrations, these sounds, these patterns in space, it helps you just to grasp, again, how organized the, the entire universe really is. And uh, so there's been a, a release here from NASA saying, uh, planets and stars give off music. Although space is a virtual vacuum, this does not mean there is no sound in space. Sound still exists in the form of electromagnetic vibrations 
and can be detected using specially designed instruments. These amazing space sounds come from electronic vibrations of the planets, moons, rings, etc. So uh, we have, we're going to play just a little sample for you of uh, a couple planets. I think the first one is part of uh, Uranus, and the second one is part of Saturn. So uh, just, just sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and listen. Listen to the song of outer space, and, and this is in the 20 to 20,000 hertz range, so this is what you could hear with your human ear if the conditions were right. So just kind of imagine if you were on a little spaceship and you're flying through the blackness of space toward one of these gigantic glowing planets and hearing that. Uh, that'd be a little unsettling. It'd be beautiful, but it'd definitely be eerie, wouldn't it? So you're saying you cannot hear that in space, but well, you, theoretically you can. Like it's there. there. It's there, but there wouldn't be enough air to carry that to your ear. But if if you put your ear right up to it, that's what you hear. It's within the range that you could hear. So how do they get that sound then? A spectral analyzer through a synthesizer? or? Well, what they did was they took the electromagnetic signal and then they converted that directly into audio that we can hear. Hmm. Uh, um, okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back... Huh. I've got two stories. I'm not sure which one I want to read. One of them is about wormholes, and the other one is about sharks. Uh, you know, I think I think maybe I'll get into the shark one. Um, it's it's not very nice though. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Speaking of Strange. Same as my
couple of minutes of hour number one on tonight's Speaking of Strange, brought to you by Wright's Coin Shop. And you may call Wright's Coin Shop at 828-298-5402. Um, now listen, folks. Coming up next hour, boy, do I have a treat for you. Um, it's going to be dark. It's going to be strange. Some may find this disturbing, and if so, I understand. You know, we're going to talk about America's first serial killer and possibly America's worst serial killer, H.H. H. Holmes. And we're not just going to talk about him. We're going to talk with his direct descendant, with his great-great-grandson. And this guy, it, has, it is proven this is the real dude, okay? There's no doubt about it. Um, this is the man who has the blood of this serial killer in his veins. He didn't even know about it till he was 40, though, because his family, understandably, tried to keep this kind of a secret. Uh, the man's name is Jeff Mudgett, and he's got a book about his story. It's called Bloodstains. <clears throat> and, <coughs> excuse me, as if just knowing, as if just knowing that... H.H. H. Holmes was your grandfather is not enough of a wild story. Uh, also, also, he now is going to share with us why he believes that his grandfather was also Jack the Ripper. <laughs> so stick around for that. Okay, uh, last story or two. I do have something on sharks, but it's, it's kind of in-depth, so I think I'm going to save that. Because actually, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I, I have a feeling that uh, the shark attacks this summer are not going away anytime soon. This is, I have a feeling. This has freaked hmm? me out. I've always been a, a lover of the ocean. Never, yeah. never, ever, you know, growing up, never thought about sharks. You know, stingrays, sure, jellyfish, yeah. Never yeah. really worried about sharks. And then it's like we've had two, three off the coast of North Carolina recently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Sam, uh, next week, um, because it's 4th of July, uh, I, I, I'm thinking that what we might do next week on the show is actually play a best of, because everybody loved last year's 4th of July edition of the show. And I, I'm going to be traveling. You know, uh, I'm going to be heading back to North Carolina, uh, and it might be easier uh, just to go ahead and, and play that best of. But. The point I'm bringing up here is that I am still now here in Puerto Rico. And one of the cool things about being a Puerto Rico is that Puerto Rico has almost no shark attacks. Uh, in fact, if you uh, consider Puerto Rico sort of shaped like a rectangle, uh, and right in the middle at the bottom is a city called Ponce. Uh, well, to the west of Ponce, which is where I am, there has never been one shark bite in recorded history, period. Never, ever. Um, to the right of Ponce, in all of history, there have only been something like two or three, and those were around San Juan. So there's almost no shark activity here, and I feel confident enough. I go out sometimes at night and swim and don't even think twice about sharks. And I, and, and I like the fact, though, that when I swim, the water is clear, during the day, and so I can at least see what's going on. And I would tell you that I never again will swim in water 
ocean water that is not clear where I can't see what's going on because it's so much nicer to do it that way. If, there, if, I, if I see a shark coming, at least I have the opportunity to fight him. You know, I don't like this idea of him just popping up out of nowhere and taking a bite out of me. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, some of that is, uh, you know, uh, we're worried. We obviously we see sharks as predators. We think they're wanting to hurt us, but you can look at the many species of sharks that could be huge mammoth and and might not be any danger to a human at all. You know, mostly consist on fish or um, you know vegetation. But if they see you, they're going to be below you. If they see you at the top of the surface, looking up at you. You know, you could be misseen. I think this is not what they usually say. A shark attack is a it's a misseen yeah. thing. That, that's what they say. Okay, here's one last story. Uh, listen to this. Spooky physics phenomenon may link universes wormholes. Wormholes, shortcuts that in theory can connect distant points in the universe, might be linked with the spooky phenomenon of quantum entanglement where the behavior of particles can be connected regardless of distance. Wow, now this is pretty in-depth, but essentially we've talked a lot about entanglement. Entanglement is the idea that two different particles in outer space might be able to instantaneously affect each other regardless of how much space there is between them. We don't understand how that happens, but in this story they're saying they think that wormholes may be able to interact with each other instantaneously, meaning that if you walked into a wormhole somewhere, you might be able to instantly pop out on the other side of the universe. Maybe that is what's happening here with some of these UFO sightings. Really interesting story. Maybe we can talk more about that in the future. We're going to take a break. When we come back, well, like I say, you want to hear this. I'm Joshua P. Warren. This is Speaking of Strange.